Hot is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Pitch 6 Previews, checking in about 15 minutes out in Hour 1. Blake Rafino, top of Hour 2. That's the guesting. I did add Jay Book for Thursday in Hour 3. Jay Book will join us tomorrow with Buck Nuts. There's always plenty to talk about there. J-Book has been added for Thursday, though. That's tomorrow, if you're not keeping up with the days. If it's the new year and the days are a struggle, that is tomorrow on this radio show. 615-844-5600. Twitter at Bill is King. And you can always email the show, Bill is King 7 at gmail.com. I don't know if there's one item that jumps out. We're just going to have fun like we always do. I don't think there's any one particular topic in our solar system that behooves me at the beginning of this Wednesday edition. I do find it interesting. Jaden Mayava, the quarterback from UNLV who committed to Southern Cal, has already flipped. UNLV, I should have said, from UNLV, has already flipped from Georgia to Southern Cal. Now, that doesn't hurt Georgia at all. Georgia's got their quarterback for this season coming up. They've recruited well there. Gunnar Stockton is still at Georgia. He's a promising player. They will sign others. They've got a freshman on campus right now that they like a lot. Quarterback's not an issue, but it is interesting. This kid who threw for over 3,000 yards for UNLV this season, this past season, I guess we can call it the past season now, the 23 season, who committed to Georgia has already flipped it, and he flipped it to Southern Cal. No worries. 
I think he'll be a good quarterback wherever he gets slotted. But that news did hit over the weekend, and I did find it. Yeah, I did find it interesting. Did you see this list? And was it Ags and Strohs down on the Texas Gulf Coast, or was it Ryder Buckeye in Texas? Posted this, said, hey, Bill, 2024 SEC schedules broken down by opponent records. The teams you play in 24, and if you add up their wins and their losses, what would that number look like? Those numbers look like. We've talked about Florida and Billy Napier. Next year is a big year for Billy Napier when it comes to the future in Hogtown. And it's going to be a tough year for many reasons, but we have discussed how difficult their schedule is. I don't know that I've seen a more brutal schedule anywhere in America than what the Gators have coming up in 24. If you take their opponents coming up, this next playing portion, which would be in about eight months, the combined record of the Gators' opponents is 106-50. and That would rank number one in the SEC if you're ranking them by virtue of most wins and least losses, Florida would be number one in strength of schedule next year. 106 and 50. Alabama is next. Now, that's interesting because historically, Birmingham slash Hoover has always taken care of Bama, right? Wink, wink. More winks. Bama is number two, 97 and 58. Remember, they played Georgia regular season. Vanderbilt. Now, this is not right. This is unfair. Vanderbilt is third. Vanderbilt, which cannot win an SEC game. And this isn't just SEC games, but Vanderbilt is third, 97 and 57. Oklahoma is next, 96 and 58. And I'll just go down through. Mississippi State is fifth, Arkansas six, Georgia seven, Kentucky eight, South Carolina Aggies. We go on down the last three teams. When it comes to opponents' record in 2023, are Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Missouri. Missouri's opponents that they play in 24, Missouri won 11 games. Opponents' record is 65 and 84. Tennessee's is next. Tennessee would be 15th. 
79 and 73. Yeah, I found that interesting. It's going to be an interesting year, and we talk to Gator Dave every week, but vital year for Florida coming up. Vital year for Billy Napier coming up. And how to define success or failure is going to be tricky. Going to be tricky. You cannot say to Billy Napier, well, you better win big or you got to go. If that's the case, why not get rid of him now? You're not going to win significantly next year. It's going to be tough probably to have a 7-5 and five type record. That's going to be hard with the schedule they have coming up. And it just so happens that the records of the teams from a year ago the combined totals would be the most obtrusive, I guess, of any other team in the SEC. Now, there is a couple of addendums here, and it goes like this. How do you know that those records are going to be the same? That's last year's team. The team coming up is not going to be. They may be good but it might not be last year's teams. Some of these teams that were really good might not be quite as good. Some of these teams with weaker records might have a better record. So you could say fun. Those numbers are fun, Bill. But I wouldn't take them to church and say, hey, preacher, this right here is the gospel. Johnny Vegas said, Bill, remember before he went to UNLV, Tennessee had some interest in Mayava. Is that before? He was a redshirt freshman, right? Correct me on that, Johnny Vegas. Was that, that would be before, or would it have been before they committed Nico? It'd have to be before. It'd have to be before. Craig in North Augusta. Checking in this morning, and Craig is a... He is a very big South Carolina fan to say the least. Yeah, he is. And uh, I like Coach Coley. Matter of fact, we follow each other on Twitter. I've communicated with him a little bit. I don't know him very well. No. Yeah, I don't I don't know him very well. Now, Craig says here, Bill SC hiring James Coley as offensive assistant coach. Is that what you meant here? I'm trying to make sure I got this right. Make sure I've got that right there. Brent's down in lovely middle Georgia. Isn't it true if you take a uh, pointer and you touch Macon on the map, you are touching the center most point in Georgia. I believe that's right. In Tennessee, it's the borough. You've heard me talk about the borough. 
Jeff in the borough, the borough, the borough would be the center. Brent said, so I heard, is that only one SEC team has a losing record, strength of schedule? I wonder how many conferences can say that. No cab up in Chicago. Heard a stat on Joe Alt. He's only had four penalties in his career, two holding, two full starts. I saw a mock draft, and Joe Alt is easily top ten. He's the left tackle for Notre Dame. And either he or perhaps the Penn State left tackle will go first among the offensive linemen. Joe Walt is an absolute monster. He's 6'8", about 330, and he looks lean. He carries it like that guy's, that guy's kind of lean. Yeah, he's he's been a heck of a player. You could tell the offensive line was better his freshman year when they inserted him about halfway. That's a three-star for you, too. Brezianzia, after the music, checking in this morning. Take six previews. Omni, Nashville Hotel. Good morning. Starting to pick up already on Vietnam. That's going westbound. Coming through Sumner County right now as you head on in through Hendersonville. Still looks good right now on 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area. Starting to pick up there. Leaving Murfreesboro, Rutherford County towards Nashville up through Antioch. A little bit of radar in Rutherford and Coffee County this morning. 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services here in Middle Tennessee. It's got to be Tomahawk Crane and Rigging. They're online. TomahawkCrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We all know that natural life can get hectic. In the middle of all the madness that is life, don't forget to take care of yourself. Treat yourself to Nashville's ultimate relaxation experience at Makara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel. With services for men and women, Makara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel is your one-stop shop for full-body treatment. Begin your experience in the exquisite relaxation room, then enjoy a full-body treatment or even a couple's massage before finishing in the salon. Located on the fourth floor of the Omni Nashville Hotel, Makara Spa is Nashville's highest quality self-care oasis. To book your experience or gain information on packages, call Makara Spa today at 615-761-3600. Again, 615-761-3600. Or log on to theomnihotel.com. And with every booking, you'll have free valet parking and rooftop pool access to enjoy the Music City skyline. And through Labor Day, enjoy the fourth floor spa terrace for only $20. Makara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown. 
The Locksmith Company, our full-service locksmithing expert, is asking listeners to please donate a toy to Toys for Tots this holiday season. You can make a difference in the life of a child. This message is brought to you by The Locksmith Company, a proud veteran employer. For all your residential, commercial, or automotive locksmithing needs, call today for a free estimate or 24-7 emergency service at 931-801-5427. 931-801-5427. And also visit the LSCO.com. The Locksmith Company is looking forward to seeing you. This is the Grant Fogue and John Burton Show. John Morant, first game back after the 25 games, 34 points, 8 assists, and he hits the game winner at a walk-off. Welcome so, back. Hello there. Yeah. Uh, happy for the Grizzlies, happy for the city of Memphis. Good to have him back. Let's keep him there. Stay healthy, ball out, keep your nose clean, be the superstar that we know you can be. Greg Fogue and News Channel 5's John Burton, WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Bill King Show. You can hear the Bill King Show on WYTK, ESPN 93.9 FM, The Score in Florence, Alabama. Call or text into the show now at 615-844-5600. The Bill King Show. Brett Ciancia, Big Six Previews, checks in with us on Wednesdays. We had the national championship concluded on Monday night. Michigan convincingly the winner. Brett, did that go about like you thought? Hey, good morning, Bill. And, yeah, hail to the victors. Michigan ends their uh, long drought since 1997, claims a national title. Jim Harbaugh, in his ninth year, brings Michigan back to the promised land like he promised and like he was paid to do. And, uh, yeah, undefeated season. It's, it, was, it was a great game, a great way to end the 14 playoff era. Uh, you had a Big Ten versus a Pac-12, of course, two future Big Ten teams, ironically. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if it was what I expected. I thought that Washington's offense would hit a couple more explosives like they did all year. Um, Washington missed on some of the easy throws and easy games that they would have made all year, and credit Michigan's defense for stepping up in one-on-ones on the outsides. I thought Will Johnson played phenomenally, their, their top corner. thought the pass rush in the front four, even when just bringing three or four, disrupted Penix. So uh, credit Michigan all around. I thought it would be closer. I thought maybe Washington could maybe win, but congrats Michigan on capping it off. Michigan built on brute strength, physicality, and you could tell – from the beginning, they own the line of scrimmage. Oh, absolutely. It's a game that Harbaugh and even Bo Schembechler and all the old Michigan fans, the old Michigan men, would be proud of. 300 yards rushing in a national title game. Um, I think that's up there as one of the best rushing performances in a playoff title game. Um, yeah, they just dominated the line of scrimmage. You saw that early on in the first quarter. They were averaging 11 yards a carry. I know that Washington settled in a little bit in the final three quarters, but uh, Michigan came out, they punched them in the mouth on the, on the line, and that was the story of the game. Um, and then on the other side, like I mentioned, the, the defensive line, the front seven, really, uh, really you know, disrupted Penix in his passing game. 
uh, not in terms of sacks, but they were rushing him, they were hitting him, they were forcing him to throw off balance off his back foot, and we saw him miss on a lot of open throws. And he just didn't do that. I watched almost every single Washington game. Um, you didn't see that from him. So credit Michigan. Do you expect Harbaugh to move on? Yeah, this is something we talked about. It seems like every offseason the last four or five years. And um, if there's ever a time for him to leave, I think it would be now. You see a, a coach head off into the sunset after he wins the national title. It almost makes too much sense that this would be it. I mean, also a very veteran squad. I think they may uh, challenge Georgia for the NFL draft record in April here if they all go pro like they, like they are projected to do. So you have a talent drain. You have a, a change in playoff structure. You have a change in the conference. A lot of changes happening. Plus, it's coming off the suspensions, the scandal stuff, and he might just be fed up with it all and, and ride off with his 15-0 national championship because it can't get better than that. That's, that's the peak of college football. So if he has NFL aspirations, I think it'd be now. If indeed that happens, do they hand it to Sharon Moore? Well, I think with a program like Michigan, a, a big blue blood, and uh, given that they have enough time to conduct a full search, I, I think they at least see what's out there. Um, oftentimes, how often do you see it where you, uh, you you throw the interim tag on a on a coordinator and then give him an extra year or two and it doesn't really work? So I think that it would be smart for them to do a full-scale search. And, hey, if, if more emerges from that search, just like any other candidate, then definitely he deserves it. But, um or if it's a deal where it's so late in the cycle, I mean, it is already January, we're past signing day. Uh, if you want to just have continuity and just survive a transition season, then that's your bet for a transition year. But I don't know if he's a long-term guy without a full-time search. I was thinking yesterday just about a few names, but Jed Fish, who spent two years there about eight years ago, and the job he's done in Tucson, I wonder if they would reach out and talk to him. Definitely give him a call. Um, yeah, he has Michigan ties there. I think he was there when Bob Brown was a defensive coordinator. Um, of course, when he took the job at Arizona, his first call was to Don Brown. I interviewed Fish back right when he got the job. Uh, his first, so I asked him about recruiting. He said, well, his first recruiting landed was uh, Don Brown, the defensive coordinator, a huge five-star defensive coordinator. So, uh, yeah, he's able to build a staff. He's able to build a roster. He turned Arizona from winless to 11 wins, I believe, uh, maybe 10, but uh, double-digit wins and their best season since 1998. The AP poll just came out. They finished 11th. That's their best ranking since that 98 season. So doing unseen things down in, in Arizona, um, and I'm sure he could emulate that at a, at a place with more resources like Michigan. So, yeah, that's on the short list. That's a good call. I know this is the time of year where you're putting together teams you're looking at rosters. You're working on your book, your magazine. I hope you didn't have dry ink on Quinchon Junkins. <laughs> yeah, well, almost the whole book isn't in dry ink, unfortunately, Bill. It's <laughs> all up for grabs right now, these rosters. You know, five years ago, six years ago, you pretty much have a, a feel for who's on the teams, who the best teams are going to be next year. You even put out a way too early, like they call it, um, because you pretty much know, you know, give or take a few NFLers leaving early, what you had in the door. Now, with the transfer cycle never-ending, um, we just don't know until after Spring Bowl even. So that's why my magazine comes out a little later. You see some of the legacy brands come out April, May on newsstands, and they sit there, and all these players transfer again after Spring Bowl. So 
with my coming out in July, I, I try and be the most up to date at least. Uh, you know, get that last transfer cycle in there, adjust accordingly. So yeah, this whole thing's up for grabs. I'll start with some research, of course. I'll start interviewing coaches, uh, start getting the lay of the land. But I'm nowhere even near a, a top ten or a playoff projection. It's, it's so much up for grabs right now. They open up with Southern Mississippi. Ohio State does. That means when they trot out the quarterbacks, Will Howard and the tailback is Quinshawn Judkins. How about that? That's a great, yeah. That's a great one-two punch. Uh, that's a portal <laughs> success for Ohio State. Um, yeah, Will Howard, a, a guy out of our hometown here, downtown Pennsylvania, right you now, two towns over. Uh, it's rare for a player in the Chessmont League to go out to the Big Twelve. You just don't see that combination. If anything, they stay East Coast, maybe Maryland, Penn State, Rutgers, that kind of thing. Temple. But, uh, yeah, he went out to Kansas State. Uh, people questioned it, but in his second, maybe third year, he led that team to a Big 12 title game. He beat Adrian Martinez out for the job and led them to the title. Um, of course, this year went through some injuries and uh, had the battle with Avery Johnson. But I think he's going to do well at Ohio State. I think, uh, you know, given all the pieces around him there, it's, it's going to be impressive. He played really well in 2022. Brett Cianci of Pick 6 Previews joins us. Brett, from everything we are hearing, this current business model in college sports, and specifically college football, is so out of whack, so unregulated, so lawless that it cannot sustain. What do you think all of this is going to look like? Let me give you two years. Well, I think that you need to just establish some kind of a timeline, some kind of a calendar, some structure here, because it is like the Wild West with these transfers. I mean, you have guys leaving the team in October or November to go into the portal. Uh, you have hundreds of guys that just enter the portal just to check their worth. It's almost like getting a, a, fair, value, a fair value assessment of how much you're worth in the market. It's, it's crazy. Uh, and oftentimes they'll just come back out of the portal and stay, but they want to see what's out there. And I don't know. There's got to be a better way than just making that all how it is so i think a timeline a calendar would help uh, certain windows where you're able to do that that kind of stuff like um the same way that you can check your nfl draft grade before you enter the draft or something like you can check that like an estimator i don't know i i don't have the answers for you it's not really an area of strong suit for me i focus more on the field than the off the field stuff but there's got to be structure there's got to be a calendar um, I think you do need to limit the transfers. I, I mean, I think one or two, but the unlimited transfers I don't think is healthy for the student-athlete, by the way. I, I don't think what kind of college experience is it where you're transferring every six months and having four different schools. You're not really building the lasting lasting lifelong friendships and memories that you would had you stayed somewhere and battled for a spot. So I don't know. I think sometimes it is a, a, a negative to the kid to hop around that many times. So got to get some more structure and a calendar. We'll start with that. The scary thing is it keeps accelerating. We have not hit the peak of the frenzy. Every time we open the portal, it gets crazier. <laughs> yeah, you wonder if this is the uh, the beginning of the end or the end of the beginning, that whole thing. Because yeah. uh, every time we talk, it's a, it's a more crazy portal. It's more transfers. It's more unlimited you know, access. And, uh, yeah, I don't know where the, where the peak will be unless you're just – you know, resetting every roster every year. We're almost there. We're about a third of the rosters are getting reset. So, um, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you on that, unfortunately. Brett, we are used to 
some norms in college football with the SEC looking the way it does, the Big Ten, etc. Now that Texas and Oklahoma, next time they play football, are in the SEC, same with UW, Oregon, UCLA, USC, to the Big Ten. Are we looking at a situation? That, that, by the way, I, I was checking. That's 34 teams between those two leagues. Are they going to beat each other up a little bit more than we're used to? Yeah, it's interesting you bring this up. I was just reviewing this because uh, every championship Monday, I like to go back and look at the championship highlights from, I don't know, the 80s, 90s, 2000s. Um, and I put out a couple of clips of each game on Twitter. And it got me thinking that the, the undefeated season is going to, be, going to become even more rare. It already was rare in the playoff era where you had Georgia go 13, uh, I'm sorry, 15 or no. Uh, Michigan did it. Uh, Clemson did it once, but it became rare. And I think it's going to be even more rare given the extra two rounds of playoff games, but also just the, the carnage in these super conferences. I mean, you're, it's just a gauntlet. Um, and in the Big Ten, you take out the, the divisions where you're guaranteeing a one-versus-two matchup in your conference. So there's no no years where you'll get a, a favorable, say, a Big Ten West winner or an ACC Coastal, something like that. It's it's going to be one-versus-two. So the number of losses being thrown around is, is going to be more than usual. So, um, yeah, we're entering an era where that you know undefeated seasons will be even more rare. Uh, this new era, it'll look a lot different. Just some of the things you took for granted with college football, the, the rivalries, the in-state games, the regional feel of having a late game on the West Coast, your Pac-12 after dark, just so many parts of the game are now thrown away, and it's going to be confusing. I'm, I'm sure it'll be great. I'm sure we'll love it too, but it'll just be different. It'll be confusing. Uh, without having without having divisions in an 18-team conference, it's going to be ridiculous looking at all the different tie-break scenarios looking at who plays who every year, it's, it's going to be scattered. So I don't know. And same with the SEC with 16 in an eight-game schedule. I mean, Big Ten has 18 teams, nine games. SEC, 16, eight games. It's going to be just, I don't know, it's, it's going to be a lot of research done, a lot of looking who plays who or who misses who every year. We'll see. It's going to be a whole different feel. Mike in Texarkana, Texas says, Bill, ask Brett about Texas. How strong are they coming into the SEC? Well, I'm answering a lot different than I did two years ago. I thought when the announcement was made, the old Texas that we had seen for you know all those years after 2009, I don't think that they were built for it roster-wise. Their trenches were lacking. Their offensive line was a problem every year. Uh, defense was pushed around. But the last three years under Sarkeesian, he's really fixed the roster, and it's more competitive to what I'd expect out of an SEC team. They're recruiting at that clip, uh, top five, top ten every year. But not just recruiting numbers, but the, the, the positions that they're signing, it's now line-focused. So that's what you need to dominate and, and contend in the SEC. Uh, before that, it was a lot of uh, flashy stuff, and they're great players, but it was a lot of safeties, it was a lot of receivers. And you've you got to build from the core out. So I think they, they've fixed that. They're great offensive line play, defensive line. Uh, Sweat won the awards, all of them this year. So I think they're building the right way. And uh, they've shown they're able to sign a five-star quarterback. They've done that several times the last couple of years. Uh, so I think they're, they're built more to compete than we give them credit for a few years ago. I do, too. I think – and we have all these months to hash this out, but I think they come into the league as a top three, top four type team, bare yeah. minimum. 
Yeah, remember when, I think it was 2020 or 2021, when they went into Fayetteville and Arkansas embarrassed them. They won by 30 points, and they were chanting SEC, or, yeah, they were chanting SEC at the Big Ten uh, uh, Texas fans. And uh, from that point, it's night and day. At that point, I thought they were going to come in here and be a ninth or a tenth team in the SEC, but it's completely different. It's fixed, and uh, they have firepower on the skill positions. They have the strong lines. I think they have a great coaching staff, too. we got to give them credit for making the playoff this year. Uh, Pete Kwiatkowski on defense and, of course, uh, Sark leading the offense. But, yeah, they're built to contend. I'm excited to see them in the new conference. Brett, tell everybody how they can get all your work, your content. Yeah, thanks, Bill. It's uh, officially the non-playing portion, unfortunately, but still love talking about it every day on Twitter and with you on Wednesdays. Uh, Pick6previews.com, at Pick6previews on Twitter. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Bill. We'll see him next week. It's interesting. The verbiage, the words we use on this show, like playing portion, non-playing portion. Had a good friend, Chris, who's from Detroit, but he moved down here his family about 10 years ago. He's a big Sparty fan, actually. He's an accountant, very successful. He said to his employees, for years he's been talking to them because of this show about the playing portion when it comes to accounting and the non-playing portion. When people are slacking off. He talks about that stuff. Have you seen what a 12-team playoff would look like? Have you looked at this? Yeah, we'll play with that here in a second. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning, T-Dots behind a stalled car in a terrible spot. I-65 southbound right at OHB there in the Madison area. There's a lot of volume trying to get down through there now between Vietnam Vets and OHB on 65 southbound. Coming down from the north as that traffic increases uh, on 24 westbound. That's what we're looking at live right now. Coming in from Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, up through the Antioch area. Princess Hot Chicken is hiring in all four locations. Order online today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same, but is 95% cheaper and you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com joy. Through hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. That's right, get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. 
To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit. H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. Jackson Boone Racing. The youngest driver at age 19 to win the coveted Pro Late Model Series Championship at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Jackson Boone Racing. A local kid and Page High graduate who's been winning races since he was eight years old. Jackson Boone Racing. Come join Red Street Records and Roy's Meat Service along with the Boone Group, a market leader for your home financing needs. In supporting this rising star, visit JacksonBooneRacing.com to see how you can be a part of the journey and join us running up front. Jackson Boone Racing. Hey, it's John Burton from News Channel 5 and the Greg Pogan John Burton Show. And I'm former All-Pro linebacker for the Tennessee Titans, also known as Mr. Monday Night, Keith Bullock. And I'm Patton Cook. We're inviting you to join us every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 for What's Good with KB and JB, the podcast show. All live on Nashville Sports Radio and all streaming platforms. We talk Titans, we talk SEC football, we talk NBA, we talk everything, and we also get a little petty from time to time. Make sure you join us. The world's largest indoor cocktail party, The Bill King Show. The 5-7 format, not the 6-6. Five conference winners, seeded one through five, and then seven at-large. That is going to be the model. I don't think that's been totally approved yet, but that is the assumption. Let's go over the seeds. First of all, Michigan would be the one seed. This is before we knew Michigan's going to win it all. Washington is the two seed here, the way we're looking at it. The three seed is Texas, and the four seed is Alabama. That would be the Big Ten the Pac-12, the Big 12, and SEC champion seeded one, two, three, four. Five would be Florida State. Florida State obviously in. After that, it would be at large. Six would be Georgia. Seven would be Ohio State. Eight would be Oregon. Nine, Missouri. Ten, Ole Miss, 11 Penn State, and 12 Liberty. Michigan, the one seed. And remember, the top four seeds get a bye. Michigan would play the winner of the 8-9 game, which is Oregon-Missouri. Oregon-Missouri would be a wonderful ball game. Think about those two offenses in that ball game. Wow. Going at it. 
Oregon, Missouri feeds into one seed, Michigan. On that same side of the bracket just below, Florida State plays Liberty. That would not be a good game. Florida State would beat them significantly. Winner of that game feeds into Alabama. The four seed. On the other side of the bracket, Ohio State, Ole Miss, 7-10. and 10. Guys, I don't think Ohio State in the form they were in, I don't know that they beat Ole Miss. I, I, I don't know. And it, by the way, Quinchon Junkins, there's some irony there, would be playing for Ole Miss in that game even though he's jumped over to the other side. There's some irony there, right? I don't know that Ohio State beats Ole Miss. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They've got the better quarterback. They've got the better running back. Ole Miss does. Their grouping of receivers is very, very good. Nobody's got a Marvin Harrison Jr., but I don't know about that one now. But the winner of the Ohio State-Ole Miss game feeds into UW, and then right below that, Georgia-Penn State feeds into Texas. If you're Georgia, you're licking your chops there. And I'm very impressed with Texas, but Georgia would be favored in that ballgame. And and Georgia would beat Penn State. Then they would have to play Texas. They'd be favored in that game. And then they're sitting there on that side of the bracket. It's Georgia-UW. Georgia would beat UW. And Georgia's sitting there in the championship game. On the other side of the bracket, it would come down to Michigan and Alabama. I'm thinking, okay, a healthy uh, Florida State team might have something to say about that, but they would not have been healthy, certainly a quarterback. It'd be Michigan, Alabama, and I believe Georgia versus UW. And I think you would have Georgia in the championship game against Michigan or Alabama. We already saw them play. Michigan pulled that game out in overtime. That'd be interesting. Georgia would be favored over Michigan. Now, again, that's that's a what if that didn't happen because we did not have a 12-team playoff. But it is fun. And, again, that Ohio State-Ole Miss game is interesting for any number of reasons. But how about the Quinchon Judkins factor there? He'd be an Ole Miss uh, ball player in that ball game. Now, after that... Does he hit the portal and then join Ohio State? How does how does history does it maintain or does it change because of that? That would be that would be incredibly interesting. But no, he's a he's an absolute buckeye. Blake Rafino coming up next. Chop of the hour. LSU has procured the top quarterback in the class of 25 and the top running back in the class of 2025. And those were those were anticipated. Yeah, those were predicted out in advance. And I just want to pull up. Why not? I'm going to pull up the 25 rankings. You know who's number one? Notre Dame. Right now, Notre Dame's ranked number one. 
with the class that they have. They have Ivan Taylor. He's a safety out of Florida who is a high four-star, borderline five-star out of West Orange, Winter Garden. They have James Flanagan, a tight end out of Wisconsin, and Deuce Knight, who lived right here for about maybe a month, moved back to Mississippi, quarterback. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. That quarterback room at Notre Dame is looking pretty good. He won't be there for another year. But, but yeah, LSU is ranked number two there with what they've done, and certainly when you look at it, Bryce Underwood and uh, Harlem Barry, very much an outstanding class. Got to get to break. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. They moved a wreck up north on 65 southbound just past Vietnam Vets, but everybody's staring at it now as they drive by. Again, we've had a stalled vehicle and a crash up there already. Uh, just before you get down into Madison on 65 going southbound just past Vietnam Vets, as traffic really starts to load up with volume on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area coming in this morning from Rutherford County. 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services here in Middle Tennessee. It's got to be Tomahawk Crane and Rigging. They're online. Tomahawk Crane I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. The traditional first-year anniversary gift is paper. Yay! Envelopes. The traditional 10-year anniversary gift is tin or aluminum. Are there sardines in here? And the 20-year anniversary gift is the chance to win up to a million dollars. Now that's what I'm talking about. It's our anniversary, but we thought about what you'd want. The new 20th Anniversary Jumbo Bucks Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Bar Lines at the Omni Nashville Hotel downtown is at the heart of Music City. Located within walking distance of the Country Music Hall of Fame, Bar Lines at the Omni is your downtown honky-tonk destination. Watch your team for many seat on their plentiful HD TVs and catch a live show on the Bar Lines stage featuring live music seven days a week. Bar Lines has the ultimate southern comfort food. Get started with classic fried green tomatoes or bourbon barbecue wings. Then it's on to the massive Smashville double stack or the world famous bar lines grinder oh you've never heard of the bar lines grinder two kinds of cheese lettuce dijon smoked turkey smoked bacon smoked ham now that's some smoke you want local brews and local spirits are on tap at bar lines take a seat on the patio outside and soak up the rhythm of music city bar lines at the omni nashville hotel fifth avenue downtown When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. 
It's the Bill King Show. We created a rule decades ago on the show. Weddings, things of that nature, during the playing portion, do not get consideration. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Weddings are meant for the spring. They do not get consideration during the playing portion of the season. That's just the way we work it around here. That's the way we play it around here. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. Hashtag fat side up, tweet to Bill at Bill is King to enter the arena of ideas. Josh said, hey, Bill, Ole Miss would have to come to see us in late December to play that game. I don't think Quinchon Jukins is used to playing in that weather in December. He's about to find out as a member of the Buckeyes. <laughs> uh, oh, I talked to Josh yesterday. And... Spring commitment is going to be May 2nd, which is a Thursday, then Friday, Saturday. Josh gets married that Thursday around 6.30 at the Four Points Sheridan right there. So if you're coming down and you happen to be around, want to hang out a little bit, that's what's going on that night. Yeah, that's what's going on that night. And then... It's going to be, Josh said, tell everybody it's going to be casual, pretty casual, and uh, happy for good friend Josh. We'll talk some ball, I'm sure, while we're down there. Golf tournament, the scramble, four-man scramble, best ball, whatever you want to call it, is either Friday or Saturday. I don't know if they've decided that yet on what they're going to do, but that's also incredibly fun. Top of the hour, Blake Rufino. Major moves over in West by God, Virginia. Bill, I like the seating, but I'd rather find the money for the G5 to have its own playoff. Aren't we trying to get away with mismatches in the college football playoff? Well, I don't know what kind of money you could procure. If you had a G5, their own bracketed tournament for a champion, what would that mean? You're not the champions of college football. You'd be, I guess, the G5 champs. What kind of TV package, that's all that matters, would the networks be willing to spend How would you avoid, I guess you could, not overlapping with the main college football playoff? What kind of package could you get, though, from an ESPN or CBS, whoever wants to bid on that? Would it be much? I guess I would be skeptical. How attractive would that be? And when they do announce that it's confirmed, it's a 
5-7 format. Since there is no more pack whatever, a non-P4 will get in. There's room for one team. Very unlikely to have an at-large from a non-P4. I guess it could happen. A couple of years ago, I mean, it could have happened within the last few years with a few teams like a Liberty, etc., maybe, or a Tulane. But it's very unlikely. Almost every year, all those seven at-large bids will be P4 conference teams. What we don't know is will a lot of that be absorbed with the Big Ten and the SEC? Let's just say that the Big Ten and the SEC on average is going to get three teams in every year. That's half the bracket. Then you have six more. Now, you got to remember, two of those six have to be league champions from the P4. And then you have one left over for a non-P4. And then, what does that leave? Two to three left that are at large? Does the Big 12, well, the Big 12 gets their gets their champion in, but do they get an at-large? That's, that's iffy. Yeah, that's iffy. Sam Dog, Bill, you would have to define what G5 is. Some teams might not want to be defined as that. Well, it's 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 not anything not P. And again, folks, there is no P5. It's a P4. We we said that how many years ago, but it's true on paper it's now true because there's a rule that you have to have 8 members to be eligible. So that eliminates Oregon State, Washington State, or whatever. And that's going to be a Mountain West joint venture thing. But I just don't think there would be money or revenue that would be available that would be attractive. You may want to say, well, Bill, it's better than nothing. Better than it would it be better than a random bowl game? I somebody would have to put that on paper for me. I don't know. I, I just don't know. In this day and time, the way we have the networks divvying up, and they're they're fighting right now for the future of the playoffs with that contract's up after twenty five. Do they want to play with something like that? With real money? It's a good question. It's a very good question. Blake Rafino. When we come back, Omni Nashville Hotel. 